Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey everyone, I'm Nathaniel Pritt, pastor of New Life Church in San Leandro, California. Thank you again so much for joining us on our podcast. And we are following up on our last episode with A.J. Holloway, Born Again Part 1. And so today we are going to discuss Born Again Part 2, how we live after we've been born again, and kind of uh, discussing uh, how we navigate this new life that we have in Jesus Christ and what do we do with this Holy Ghost that we've been filled with. And so uh, with that, we're going to discuss this with A.J. Holloway, and he's here with us today. A.J., thank you for being with us again. So glad, man. I feel like a regular around here. Yeah, it's starting to become a weekly occurrence, it seems like. But so many good things to discuss, and, and we love your insights, so we're glad to have you again. Yep, glad to be here. All right, so uh, with that, uh, just kind of picking up where we left off last week, and there's like I said, several different ways we could take this. So we're just going to take a broad sense and kind of see what happens with this discussion. But uh, the main text that we're kind of focusing on, I'm going to read the first verse uh, just so that everyone, or the first couple verses, just so that everyone kind of has a um, uh, idea of where we're starting. But it's Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. And so, Uh, Starting there, and we know this passage talks about the works of the flesh and also the fruit of the Spirit. And so I just kind of want to start off with these two questions and let you kind of take it away. Paul mentions walking in the Spirit and being led of the Spirit. So if you could kind of cover that starting off, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit and what does it mean to be led of the Spirit? Yeah, there's a lot... um culturally packed into the statement that Paul just made in the scripture you read. And I'm going to unpack it and I'm going to focus on one word in your question to unpack it. And that one word is walk. So the word for walk in, in Hebrew is halach. And that's, uh, that is a very packed statement. You know, it's, it does literally mean to walk as you and I are accustomed to, uh, to get up and to go for a, or I need to lose a couple of pounds, so I'm going to go for a halach. Yeah. But there's there's a lot wrapped into the word as well. And so to kind of show the cultural side of it, I'm going to just kind of take a historical side trail here and build up to the, the question, if that's all right, just so we can get our minds wrapped around the, the history of that word and its Absolutely. real deep meaning. Absolutely. So if you look at um, Deuteronomy 30, And you start at verse 15. It says, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God. Now, here's that word to 
halach, or to walk in his ways. Okay, so I'm just going to pause there. So how do we how do we walk in his ways? What does that mean? You can't just what highway is that? What exit do I take to to walk in that? So it is the literal word for walk, but there's something deeper going on in this passage. It says, when you walk, I want you to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if, check this out, verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Now, contextually, this is Moses. He's, he's already gotten revelation. I'm not going to get to go to the promised land. You are. And the book of Deuteronomy is pretty much sermons that are preached to the Israelites. Never forget the manna. All these sermons are in there. And just before going in, he tells them, he says, if you want to stay in that land, if you want to abide in the promise, you are going to have to halach. You're going to have to walk in the ways. And the way you do that, he explains it. The way you walk in his ways is by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. So uh, really quickly, if you back up to Deuteronomy 17, this is what he tells them. And these scriptures are going to really mean something to us in a moment. Deuteronomy 17, he, you know, Moses is telling them, he says, when you go into this promised land, you're going to see kings and you're going to want one. You're going to see the Canaanites. They've got kings. You're going to see the Perizzites. You're going to see all of these other nations that they have kings and you're going to want one. Now you really don't need one, but if you take one on for yourself, God's not going to strike you dead. He preferred that you would be his king. But when you take a king, I want you to do these things. The king should not multiply for himself. This is Deuteronomy 17, 16. Shall not multiply horses for himself. He shall not cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. The Lord said, you shall never go, go that way again. You shall not multiply wives for himself or his, help, his heart will turn away. But watch this. It says, verse 18, now shall come when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself a copy of this law on a scroll in the presence of the Levitical priests. So what he's saying is he says, when you become a king, if you want the king to do what is right, he needs to be a Bible nerd. Okay. Yeah. He's going to have to study that book, study out those ways so that he can walk in them. So there was this, this very uh, entrenched cultural meaning to halak or to keep his commandments. I mean, listen to what David says. Um, the reason why I read, by the way, Deuteronomy 17 is because today in the new covenant, we are a nation of kings and priests. We are a right. royal priesthood. We as individuals are kings and we're a king of the land that's been given to us, our own bodies. I can't do anything about you, Nathaniel, but as for me in my house, I am a king established here over the entity of A.J. Holloway. So I have to make sure as the king of this, this temple, I have to walk in his ways. So listen to what a king says, King David in Psalm 119. He says, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. That's the word halach there. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their hearts. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. First uh, Kings 2. Again, here's the king. This is, um, this is David telling Solomon. 
by the way. This is David on his deathbed. He's getting ready to die, and he's charging his son Solomon. David says, I'm going, 1 Kings 2, verse 3, I'm going the way of all the earth. I'm dying, is what he's saying. Be strong, therefore, and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God to halach in his ways, to keep his statutes, keep his commandments, his ordinances, his testimonies, according to what is written in the law. He's talking about their Bible, that you may succeed in all that you do and wherever you turn. Verse Kings 8, verse 60, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God, there is no one else. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly devoted to the Lord your God, to halach in his statutes and to keep his commandments as it is this day. So the, the cultural mindset of walking is to keep the law. It's okay. to, to whatever that book has written for us to do. It's studying that out, becoming a Bible nerd so that we can rule ourselves well and doing that. That is, and I don't, I don't want to uh, kind of, I don't want to de-spiritualize kind of our preconceived concept, our preconceived notions of what walking in the spirit means. Cause it is, it is very much a, uh, it is a spiritual endeavor, but it, 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 it's even as simple as, okay, what do I do today? Well, literally the Bible has that answer. It, it, the Bible tells us how to halach. It tells us what to do. I mean, in our current culture, and I'm just going to, going to kind of try to go into our, our question now of how do we walk after the spirit? Well, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The spirit is God. So right. we talked about it in, I think it was the first podcast of the rabbis is Jesus said, I'm sending you the spirit and he will teach you. He was talking about the spirit's going to come and that's going to be your rabbi living inside your temple. If you don't know what to do in these perilous times, consult the teacher. Yeah. And so what language, so we need to ask ourselves, what language does this teacher of the spirit speak? Because the spirit is, it's leading us and we're walking after him, but we need to know the language he's speaking. Because if you literally had a teacher in your life, but he spoke Spanish and you didn't, that teacher's no use to you until you learn the language. Right. So the language that the spirit speaks is Bible because they're one and the same. So the spirit is always going to speak scripture to us. Why does the spirit do that? How do, why does the spirit do that to encourage us to walk? Well, that's the only safe words on this earth right now. Exactly. When he speaks scripture. You can take that to the bank there. It is, it is spirit and truth. So the spirit is leading us and the way we walk after it is he says, come, but how do we know he says, come? Well, the scripture tells us he speaks through scripture. Uh, a good example of this, our current culture, we're living in a very weird world right now. The world is getting, uh, stranger and stranger by the day. And we're, we're becoming accustomed to a world that we did not know six months ago. And uh, this morning I just felt, this is good practical application here. I felt prompted by the spirit to read the book of Daniel. So I'm digging through Daniel and I got about six chapters in and started noticing a lot of things. Two chapters into it tells me exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in this current day and age. The Bible told us Daniel was living in a place that was not his home. That world of Babylon did not understand his convictions one iota. Yeah. And so this, he feels led. He goes, I'm not going to defile myself with a portion of the king's meat. And so what he does is he goes to the governor, essentially one of the eunuchs of the king. And he says, 
the, the literal Hebrew says he asked. He asked him, he says, hey, is it okay if I not eat uh, the meat and I just eat nuts and fruit? And the eunuch is like, oh, man, if the king sees that you guys are haggard, then he's going to have my head on a platter. And Daniel says, I understand. I understand the position you're in. You don't understand my convictions. You don't know where I'm from. So let's do this. Would you allow us to just eat nuts and fruits? And you can come and check us out after several days. And if we're better in better health than all these other people, then let us continue in our convictions. And the next verse says that God gave Daniel favor and grace with the governor. So we can clearly see in Daniel, he's living in a world that don't know his convictions. So he walked humbly. He asked, he didn't, he didn't just get up and like start a fight. He didn't blast this governor on social media or in that day didn't have social media. Obviously he didn't go and start like gossiping about him to everybody else. He was literally uh, just asking and he was doing it humbly. And he's like, I understand you don't know my convictions. And through that, he was granted favor and grace. Well, the let me point ask I'm you this. Is, let me okay. ask you this real quick. Then uh, you described how Daniel handled that situation and approached uh, the governor, so to speak. Um, that that sounds. You, you mentioned humble and all of that, but it sounds like he approached this situation he was in with a spirit of meekness. Very much. He handled it meek, and Jesus tells us, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." And that is exactly, exactly what Daniel out. did. Yeah. That, that is a fantastic scripture that I'm going to add into my, my study yeah. notes. Because that's what he did. Literally, that's, that's proper approach to the, the eunuch. Granted him favor so that when a king had a dream later, the eunuch, one of the governors, came to the president and was like, hey, I know a guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the way Daniel handled himself in his small world, God increased his favor to a larger portion of the world. Yeah. And we, we can read in the book of Daniel how that all turned out. Right. And the point I'm making with that is my question in prayer the past couple of days is, God, how do we as born-again Christians walk in this new world that is developing daily? And the Spirit led me to Daniel. And the Spirit started speaking to me. And as I'm reading these scriptures, things are popping out. And I'm like, oh, this is how we live in our modern day. Well, the spirit was teaching me how to walk right there. Right. And now I know how to keep his statutes. So in this world, if now you got to take everything into context, Daniel was bold because he didn't take no for an answer. The eunuch was probably like, Hey, just, just, just comply like all the other guys and eat the meat. And Daniel was like, Hey, look, I understand the position you're in, but let's do this. If you'll let us eat these things, I I'm willing to, I'm willing to wager with you that it's going to work out better in our favor anyway. And so it did. And the miraculous started pouring out, but it was flowing through a meek individual. And that's where the spirit led me. Mm-hmm. The spirit may lead somebody else somewhere into another direction. The spirit may say to someone else in another context, uh, and I don't want to make a blanket statement with this and say, everybody needs to, you know, go to their governor and meekly ask because the spirit may tell somebody you go and tell the governor because every context is different in our world. Right. But that is the, that is the, uh, the cultural understanding of walking. So halach literally means to walk, as I mentioned, but it is also the word that the Jewish sages use to refer to Jewish law, the Torah. It often refers to the fulfillment of God's commandments as walking with his statutes. So if we're, here's the thing, 
And I'll just, I'm going to smash it all into one just quick statement here for somebody. If you are not keeping the word of God, studying it out, seeing what it says, and then doing it, you are not walking. You are, you are standing still or sitting. The only way we can move is by obedience to the word of God. And the word of God is clearly the answer. It's showing us what to do. And it's going to speak to everybody in different contexts and just, this is important too. What God told me was, was to, to abide by the book of Daniel. But I can't get on social media and look at another minister or saint of God who is not doing it the way God spoke it to me and be like, ah, oh, well, they're wrong. Because here's culture. Amos was not so meek. <laughs> Amos walked in and just dropped the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> and this is where we run into a major issue in our North American social media-driven culture. Well, who's right and who's wrong? Well, I'll ask the question again, who was right between Amos and who was right between Daniel? Because they had very different approaches in their walk, right. both being led by the spirit, but the spirit was telling them to do, to do two different things. And so somebody out there, God may be telling them to walk a little more boldly. Mm-hmm. Somebody out there, God may say, you need to walk a little more meek. <laughs> Here's the bottom line. Whatever the teacher's telling you to do, do it. That was the position of Mary with the first miracle, the, the turning of water to wine. She looks at the servants and she says, whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. And that's where I'm learning to find myself daily and take a step back from social media and be like, man, for all I know, that person is following the spirit right now. Right. Spirit may, may have told them to do what they're doing. I, I don't have a clue. And so what it does is it removes me of a position of judgment and it just says, God, all I really know is my house. Right. So walking after the spirit is studying the spirit, the spirit and truth word of God, and then doing it there. There's so many examples of live application that I could give right now of how the spirit leads us. Uh, I'll give this quick one just, just to kind of, add some, uh, some binding, some literal glue to this, if you will, not literal, but some figurative glue. But uh, last Thursday I was in the, uh, I was in the ER for eight hours and something was taking place. I thought my appendix was rupturing. Um, doctor determined it wasn't appendicitis and uh, told me that I had colitis or something like that. It's a stomach issue. Well, for the days after man, my just, was in a bad place and told me I might've had Crohn's disease and waiting to meet with a gastroenterologist or whatever they're called to find out further. Anyway, in prayer, I asked the Lord, I said, God, I said, what do I need to do? And the spirit gave me a random scripture, but I knew what it meant because the spirit speaks to us, the language we know. And God gave me a random scripture in the book of Leviticus about letting the land heal or letting the land rest. And the second he said that, I immediately knew the context of that scripture is there were times in Jewish culture where they, they didn't work the land. They let it rest so that it could bear fruit. Even the land had a Sabbath. And uh, I knew what that meant. God wanted me to, to not eat for a day. And that's what I did. The spirit just, it spoke to the word, let the land rest. And I, and I knew for some reason the spirit was talking about my stomach. So what I did was my wife made me bone broth, all that. I just drank water. And I uh, did that for a couple of days. And then the spirit started telling me the next thing. 
this is what the spirit told me. It says, uh, I want you to watch your diet from going forward. And so started watching my diet going forward. And then the spirit spoke to me, said, I've given you this blessing in your body to tell you also that I want you to watch your diet in the spirit. Don't consume social media right now. Don't consume media right now. I want you to watch your diet in the spirit for the way you felt in your flesh is how you felt in the spirit. Wow. And the spirit was leading me. And now if I didn't, if I just, after that word was given, if I just went and ate a big fat cheeseburger, I wouldn't have been walking in the spirit. Right. Today, um, nearly a week later, my body feels 100%. And it started on Sunday when God gave me that word. He said, watch your diets in the spiritual. And so what I did is I went home. I'm trying to be obedient to the leading of the spirit. And I went home and I started, <clears throat> I started making some changes in my spiritual diet. And that day was when I started feeling 100% better. That's incredible. So the spirit leads. Yeah. That's a great example. Um, and obviously it was spoken, you know, directly to you and for you, but right. I'm sure there are some things about that, that anyone can uh, take caution about that just in a general sense. Sure. Um, it's a great lesson. You know, we don't have to hear directly from God necessarily and to know that we need to, to watch our, our diet, both physically and, and spiritually, uh, we need to be careful because it does affect, you know, what we take in, in a spiritual sense does affect, um, our walk with God. And so that, that's great stuff. So, um, um, is there anything else you want to add before I ask one, one other question? Yeah. The only thing, only the thing I want to add is we need a true dose of healthy balance in 2020, especially since we're, um, inebriated with social media. The, what I just said, and I know our culture, we want, we want a list of do's and don'ts. We want a list of rules that's hardwired into humanity. It's not just our culture. And so somebody would be like, okay, every time I get sick, I need to, I need to eat, drink bone broth and water, you know, right. <laughs> or I need to, I need to stay away from social media altogether. I, I say all this. And I also have, uh, I know a man of God who this past week, while God was telling me that he was telling another man of God, Hey, I want you to go look in the news, picks up the, yeah. the newspaper and God shows him something about the end times and God gives him a word, a prophetic word for end time revelation. And so what we need to do better at is taking a step back, humbling ourselves and listening to what the spirit is saying to us. It's going to whisper a word through scripture. And then we may not understand why that scripture was given to us. We need to then go when in doubt, study it out. That's my, my saying, go study it out and then let the spirit keep talking to you because the, the spirit sometimes will give you a word. And it's waking on, waiting on you to do the work of understanding the word. So to whoever would listen to this, you know, listen to the spirit and see what it's telling you. And don't try to emulate everything everybody else is doing as right. far as, you know, that obviously if people have good spiritual habits, emulate that, of course. But whatever the spirit asked me to do, it may not ask you to do the same. Right. And that's good. I mean, and that kind of goes back to you know, what Paul was saying when he said, walk in the spirit. I mean, he's talking to each individual person, you know, anyone that reads this, this is applied 
to the reader. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the spirit is our teacher. And so, you know, each of us are, are at a different place in our course, if you will. Sure. Um, so in, in this, in this last part, as, as we kind of wrap up and this is the last, last section of this, uh, Galatians five twenty two, when Paul starts talking about the fruit of the spirit, you know, we, we, uh, have been born again of water and spirit. We have entered into the door into the kingdom of God, if you will, by obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ and making the decision to turn uh, from the lifestyle we've been living. And we made the decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in water for the remission of our sins. And God has fulfilled his promise to us that he will fill us with the Holy Spirit. And, and we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've been born again. And now we are uh, striving to walk in the spirit every day. That is supposed to produce something That's in right. us. And Paul talks about that in the fruit of the spirit. So give, give a little insight into the fruit of the spirit in this last part, if you will. Sure. That is another so jam packed with so many things there. So the scriptures are, I read to you at the beginning of this, of Moses, he was telling them what to do when they go into their promised land. Right. Well, the promised land, when you're reading it in Hebrew, there's a lot of, man, the verbs are all the same from Genesis. Um, it's what, what it's intended to show us is that Canaan was the new Eden while we're here on this earth. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, what a lot of people just kind of glaze over when they're reading that is Canaan was actually uh, in the middle of a famine. People from Canaan were coming to Egypt during times of the, of the famine. Yeah. And uh, there were, there was just a lot of, you know, it was a desolate place, but then there's a random scripture in the Bible where it says, and God watered Canaan himself and made it a well-watered plain. Huh. And what we're seeing there is it's the exact same words that were used in Genesis for the garden. So God looked around earth and he said, I'm going to put my promised people into a new garden. It's going to be Canaan. And the scripture we read a moment ago, he says, when you go into this new Canaan, walk in his ways, keep his statutes, and, you know, you'll, you'll stay in the land. Well, that was the same thing told to Adam and Eve, wasn't it? Exactly. He told to them, he says, you know, I want you to do one thing. Don't eat from that, tr that tree over there. And then the very next thing they do is they the Bible says they would work and keep the garden. They were planting food and they were growing it. That was, there was holy work involved in the garden. So with those cultural things going on, so when we walk in his ways, we keep his statutes, we follow after his spirit to do that. We we're reading his word. We're applying it to our life. We're listening to what the spirit is saying and we're obedient to what that is. What can then be expected is this garden that I am the, the king and priest over. Uh, it's important to know that the tabernacle in the Old Testament was like a garden. All of these vessels that you see in the Old Testament were like gardens. Yeah. Ark, I mean, it was a garden. Man, mankind had dominion over animals. The ark for Noah was a little micro Eden. The tabernacle was a micro Eden, and they worked and kept it or kept it. That was a, that was a micro Eden. There was, you know, there was a tree. The, the golden candlestick was like a tree all of it. It's all showing us like this garden. And there were priests that managed that, that tabernacle. Right. So 
under the new covenants, we are now, we are now the, the garden. We're the tabernacle. We're the ark. We're going to be carried out of here in the rapture. We're all of that. It's all that same imagery. So when we walk in his ways in this new kingdom that we're a part of, because we walk through the door through dying to self at an altar of repentance, being baptized in his name, taking on the identity of Jesus and being filled with the spirit. And now we're being led by and walking up to that spirit. We are now a garden. And when we walk in his ways and we keep his commandments, then we begin to cultivate and grow fruit in our lives. And that's, that's what we're striving to do. It's holy, godly work. We're, we're developing through this, but you can only, you can only grow this fruit in your lives through following after the spirit. And here's the, here's the thing. The reality of it all is when you follow the spirit, the spirit does lead you through, through things that you didn't want to walk through. Right. Um, and it's in those places where you grow fruit. Uh, my grandpa, who is a man of God, told me one time, he said, AJ, he said, fruit doesn't grow on mountaintops. It can only grow in valleys. Wow. And he said, so where you're going to grow the most fruit is in those places and during times of life that you don't enjoy. And the, and but, the interesting thing is, is when you're going through those seasons or whatever, though, you really don't feel like you're growing at all. You feel like you're dying. <laughs> and you don't want to walk. Right. So I'm gonna, with that being known, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one more thing at this to really just pull it all together, if you will. So walking in the Hebrew culture was synonymous with owning. Right? It was literally told to Joshua. He says, "Everywhere your foot treads, you're gonna possess that land." Mm -hmm. And everywhere Joshua walks, he he could literally in his mind say, "This is mine. This is mine. This is mine. This is mine." And he was the one walking through Canaan. Okay. Yes. So every step he took in that new Eden, he said, this is mine. But here's the thing. The first six chapters of Joshua is all warfare. Mm -hmm. It's all struggle. It's all fighting. It's all coming against strongholds, every bit of it. But when he came to Jericho and he fought, he said, this is mine. When he went to the city of Ai and they fought, did the holy work. He said, this is mine. All of it was a possession so now take that, that concept and now listen to the words of David. Yea, though I walk through the valley. They, yea, though I halach through the valley yeah. of the shadow yeah. of death. So David said, if I will walk through this trouble, this trouble will be mine. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the thing for us is what do we gain? So in a season of, uh, I'll, I'll, again, I'll throw myself on here and I'll give a practical application to, to give some binding to that. Um, I went through a season of time where my back, I had five herniated discs in my back. It randomly happened after an all night prayer meeting of all things. And the doctor was like, how did this happen? And I was like, I don't have a clue. Literally. I don't know how. And he was like, bro, there's no way you can't know. It looks like you were in a major car accident. And I'm the spiritual weird guy. I looked at him and said, man, all I know is I was in an all night prayer meeting. And this, this is when it started. Well, obviously yeah. he didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> but through that journey, uh, I remember three months later, and I remember specifically when I prayed this prayer, because there were some people in our church <laughs> who came and laid hands on me one Sunday. It was two individuals. They was like, the reason why you're not healed is you don't have enough faith. Well, that devastated me. I mean, it utterly devastated me. And they were, they were a part of God's plan for me. Because on the, it was a following Tuesday. I went into prayer, and I just said, God, I said, I don't know what you're doing. I was like, I, I've been faithful 
I've been walking after your spirit through all of this. I've been believing you for a miracle and it hasn't happened. But through it all, my garage door broke and I can fix it myself, but I couldn't do it. So I had to pay somebody $350. So now I'm out and now I'm out money. I'm out money for the doctor's visits. God, if somebody attacked my wife and kids, I couldn't even defend us. And I just said, God, all of that's manageable. But here's the thing. Now people in the church don't even think I have faith. And I said, now you look bad. Yeah. <laughs> but you're looking bad now because I represent you. Right. And this is what God spoke to me on that Tuesday morning. He said, AJ, you didn't know you had that much pride, did you? Ah. And I hit my knees in that moment and I repented and I said, God, I had no idea that I had this much pride. And he said, and you would have never seen it either had I not given you the blessing of pain. <laughs> By walking through it, you right. know what God gave me? He gave me a revelation of humility. He gave me a revelation. He was growing the fruit of long suffering. He was growing the fruit of patience. He was giving me the fruit of, I got my joy back after that. Because literally, bro, three days after that word, back was miraculously healed. Three days after it. Man, you see, things like that are just, the, the things like that are just not a coincidence. They're obviously no. from God. But. And you got to discern, obviously, the spirit right. will tell you. Like, if, right. if you jumped off your house because you want to see if you can fly and you got a herniated disc, yeah, that may not have been of God. That may just, right. you know, you, you were being a human in that moment. Right, right. But I walked through that, that valley, and we collected fruit along the way. And my wife wasn't walking through the pain. She was walking through the burden of caring for a husband. And she was gaining fruit through it all as well. God was doing things with her. I could testify about specifically what God did for her. But the point is that God allows us these valleys, not because he's cruel, but because he trusts us. Oh, if we could see in the spirit realm what Job obtained in the garden of his life through the season he walked through. It doesn't look fair. And that's the question we need to toss away is fairness. We yeah. need to toss that in the trash. We are bondsmen in Christ. You know, what, what God allows, it, it happened. And, you know, I can, I can testify to that a little more intimately, but I won't. But the point is, these, that scripture in Galatians is clearly, it's, it's Paul is pulling from a culture. He's pulling from the garden. He's pulling from Chalah. He's pulling from all these things. And he's like, guys, listen, if you will walk through this stuff, if you will follow the spirit, he's going to lead you. You've already seen like the children of Israel who walked in the wilderness and they had the, the pillar of fire and the cloud. It was, it was leading them and they were following. It. And that's, that's another interesting. Every time the pillar of fire stopped, the Bible says Israel stopped. Every time the cloud stopped, they stopped. When it moved, they picked up camp and they moved. They were following the spirit. Right. We do the same thing. Where was it leading them? That spirit was leading them to Canaan. Yes. It was leading them to their Eden. Well, the spirit is leading us to fruitfulness and along the journey is going to be bumps. There's going to be a lot of rough roads and it's okay because we're becoming better for it. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's so good. You just one of the things as you were talking about all of this, I was thinking of because I, and I assume this is um, human nature, but I think for me personally is one of my, uh, 
I guess, struggles, if you will, is when I read this passage, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, and all of this. I, I think the work that I need to do is I need to work on love or I need to work on joy or I need to work at getting these things. But when you stop and look at it in the natural, you, you have a garden and you cannot grow oranges. You cannot grow apples. You cannot grow cucumbers. You can only do the work of creating an environment in the garden that is conducive to producing fruit. So therefore, you know, um, the work of keeping the garden is to, you know, very basic stuff, studying the word, ingesting, digesting the word, getting it in your spirit, prayer, fasting, that, that is, those are things. And then applying everything that we get in those times of prayer and in the word with God, applying to those, those things to our life. That is us in sense, keeping the garden, which then is conducive for growing fruit and love, joy, peace. And as the list goes on, that is a natural result, if you will, in certain regards of us walking in the spirit. That's right. Right. That's absolutely right. So I would say to anyone listening, you know, being born again is an incredible experience, but it's just the beginning of what God wants to do with you in your life. And he's wanting to make each of us into um, someone who is, is true of a reflection of his image um, as, as possible and, and such. And so um, it's a journey. And so do not be weary in well-doing or do not be discouraged in the hard times or if you fail or fall, but just continue to pursue God and let his spirit work in you by staying in the word and, and all of that. And, and God will um, finish what he started in you. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And he that's begun a good work in you is able to complete it. So AJ, any uh, last words for us as we wrap up today? No, that's all I've got. I, I pray that this is a blessing to somebody and I pray that it's also an encouragement that, you know, just because we're children of God doesn't mean that we have an insurance policy. Right. You know, that we can cash out on. Sometimes God allows it. And I believe that COVID right. and everything going on in our world has been God ordained and God allowed to yes. reveal to us some things and it's going to manifest fruit in a lot of people. Yes, I agree. Um, he's working on me right now for sure. So, well, thank you so much for being with us today. And, um, thank you. This, this has been great and very encouraging for myself. So we appreciate it and we pray that God blesses you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We hope that you've enjoyed today's discussion. You can also connect more with New Life Church on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date on all of our latest episodes.